two, three, go. Hey, everybody. It's Aaron Banyan. Timothy Bennett here. B&B Banter Bros, episode 11. Yes, 11. Oof, up in the double digits still. Yeah, we almost had a... I don't know how we would have gone backwards, but... <laughs> we have almost had a uh, 100 downloads, too. We're, we're only 30 shy. Yeah. Not even 30 shy, so... We're getting there. Yeah. It's all counts. We're going places. I'm doing stuff, man. Hollywood, here we come. <laughs> Movie stars, everything. So, uh, today, Aaron wasn't prepared. He dropped the ball. Yeah, that was my bad. Which is okay. So we're just going to free ball it today. No one, no pants, just... I, I free ball it every day. <laughs> just ball swinging and feeling that crisp... Can't even say crisp. Humid hot air. <laughs> that was a, it's, not, it's not crisp out at all. No. It, it was it's like, humid as shit. It was 90-something degrees out, and that's not including humidity, so... Yeah, it's awful. I walked over here from work, and it's... I was sticky by the time I got here. Yeah. You're just a sticky kind of person. That's that's a dicey phrase. (laughs) And not wrong. Yeah, not not particularly wrong. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, what's on the mind? Got anything on the mind? What's what's that hamster spinning his wheel for today? Not not a whole lot. I had a pretty low-key day. Work was pretty slow, so, I mean... I did some random stuff, you know, kind of trying to get things figured out at work, trying to get all that stuff up. I need, yeah. I'm not going to like plug that I need cooks at the restaurant here, but you know, that's, that's my next thing is trying to hire enough staff, but Hey, I already told you, man, is that the meet my requests? Well, I have another person. I honestly, like, I wish I could. I, I, I know you. Would that I could. Would that I could. I know you. I know you do. I know you wish you could. Fortunately, that's the problem with us being the workers, the worker hands, is we don't get a lot of say. Yeah. Um, hey, what about you? What's going on with you? Well, I spent most of my day the preparing for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, just to find out you weren't prepared. So. Well, we left it open ended. Like, we didn't know we were going to do this today. So <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Try to make me feel I bad. Know, but I'm trying. Um, yeah, I, I, I just pretty much spent most of my morning. Like, we did uh, a few things. Like, we went, dropped off that my mini keyboard that fried. <laughs> Plugged it in and it just poof. Yeah, that was a sorry sight. We were both confused, too, because we weren't paying exactly attention when you did it. And I was like, you were like, what's that smell? Oh, no. And then I looked down, and the thing was just smoking. I was yep. like, well, that can't be a good sign. God, I was, I was so upset about that. <laughs> so, yeah, dropped that package off to return it, and then hopefully they'll be able to get the new one in, or new one to me, hopefully sooner than sooner the 17th. Than later, yeah. They said the 17th, and I'm really hoping that it's sooner, but eh. we'll find out. And it's less than less than two weeks. I mean, I know, better than kicking the crotch. Now. I, yeah. I got the whole Prime thing, and it actually came in two days, and not right. like a whole week like they say, oh, <laughs> Amazon Prime, it's going to be four weeks out. Right. Well, what's the point of Prime? I can get it sooner if I just do regular mail. <laughs> That's true. So, um, but yeah, I, I was just super excited. That's what my plan was today, was to just fuck around with that, just to mess around, and yeah, that was my whole plan, maybe make a song or two, I don't know, but nope. 
Nope. God had other plans. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I I was a little upset. And then Kaylee had the day off, and she pretty much hung out with the kid. Go away, cat. <laughs> this isn't Stupid an area for you. Uh, yeah, so Kaylee hung out with the kid, and when we got back from our coffee and dropping the shit off, and we went to Target real quick to pick up a few things. There you go. And I just spent my time down here and kind of listening to music and doing some some homework type stuff for the podcast. You talked to Dreads for a while. Yeah, yeah, I did talk to Dreads for yep. a little bit. Yep. Told him to listen to our D&D podcast and told him that he needs to join our com- conversation when it comes to the D&D post-game D&D yeah. podcast. So maybe he'll, maybe he'll do it. We just need to get another microphone. <laughs> right, stuff. yeah, no shit. <clears throat> That'd be cool. I'd, I'd It'd be fun that. to have some guests, especially Dreads. Yep. Dreads would be fun. I mean, there's a lot of guys we could get on here that would probably have a good time with. Yep. I mean, we talked about Klinkner that one time. Yeah. I should reach out to him. Yeah. We should just uh, double team him. <laughs> Clank! We should DP him and <laughs> see <laughs> see if we, we can get him. He, uh, I remember when... It's probably like a year ago. I started taking some photos with oh, my yeah. camera, my first camera and stuff. And uh, he reached out because I was posting them on Facebook and whatnot. Or not Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Yeah. And yeah, I remember him like reaching out to me. He's like, oh, dude, I love your photos. Oh, this and this and this. They're super cool. And it's like, uh, what, do you, what do you use? And I'm like, I told him what I had. And he's like, oh, I just use my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, they make lenses for for your iPhone so yep. if you get the proper iPhone camera mm-hmm. and you get a lens kit for your phone yeah. you could be taking better pictures than me like hey, that's quality wise that's where technology is nowadays they made mm-hmm. your fucking phone into a professional grade like portrait camera like yeah. you can do legit stuff with just a fucking phone the phone that I have is specially made for it's an Android not an iPhone but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's made for Photographers and yeah. video making stuff. Oh. Um, I specifically got that because of that reason. Oh, right on. I'm not going to always have my camera with me, although I would love to. Uh, sometimes one of those be, assholes just walking around with this fucking camera hanging off his neck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would be that <coughs> asshole. But there are times I'm out and about and I'm like, oh, that looks, that'd be a really good shot. So if I can get it, I'll, I'll get it. And it has okay. a good, it, it does have really good compression. So yep. the, the closer I zoom into something, it does pretty good. Nice. Um, I mean, it's not the greatest, but it's not meant to be. So it's true. I mean, it is a phone after all. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. Yeah. And it sits in my pocket for ninety percent of the time. All right. <laughs> it's all <coughs> smudges and smears and <laughs> some lint. Got to blow it out and yeah. Well, my case has got plenty of dirt and shit in it. So. Yeah, I, I really hate. I, I have a love hate relationship when it comes to phones. I mainly use my phone for audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to call me or, or yeah. text me. I don't I don't care about I don't care about that kind of stuff. So I don't really care for having it because I don't want people to call me or text me. So yeah. like, leave me alone. I'm busy doing nothing. I but was- it's my time. I've always been one to say you're better off texting me because I'll probably see it and respond. Whereas, like, if, especially if I don't recognize your number, yeah, I'm not gonna pick up the phone. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah, if I don't recognize a number, 
Oh. I won't answer. I had somebody from fucking Florida call me twice today. Yeah, and they're out. Like I, a lot of people have been getting those calls. Like I had somebody from, I had a number from Jamaica call me. I was like, okay, well, I'm first of all, answer that. Yeah, I was like, first of all, you gotta know who you're calling. Like, you gotta know the homeboy's never been out of the country, right? Like, yeah, it's definitely nobody I know, right? Because then I, I did think about this though. I was like, but what if it's somebody who's trapped somewhere? And they just <laughs> just just pounded some numbers yeah, into the then, phone and, and happened to get I you. Just, and maybe they're dead now because this they, is this is where we go. We probably watch too many movies. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> My mind went like, oh, like, what if that happened? And what if it's on the news? Like, oh, somebody was found between two walls in you know, Chicago. Cell- cellular? Is that the movie with Kim Basinger and I think Taylor oh, Lautner? Uh, Chris Evans. Are they Chris Evans. Chris, well, he's the oh, yeah. boy. Taylor Lautner did a different movie. I'm thinking, of, I'm mixing movies together at this point because I think they all came out around the same point. Well, like, so, yeah, Cellular came out. I think the movie I'm thinking of is like Tracers or something like that with Taylor Lautner. That sounds about right. I don't think I've seen it. I think they came out about the same time, which is probably why I mixed them together. Yeah, I don't think I've seen. I it. don't think I've watched either one. I not necessarily have a. I'm not fond of Taylor Lautner, and I'm not necessarily hater about him but I did read or no I, I don't remember what I fucking heard this from he's too expensive and he yeah, is, he's got that twilight money going well that's just it though he's not that good yeah but for some reason because he's he was in twilight and he's this big success he thinks he deserves 40 million dollars mm-hmm. for a film nobody's gonna hire him because they go no we can just find something better right like you were That'll at this end because you were like the cheaper guy that we thought you know would do this you're not that special. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Robert Pattinson. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's worth the $40 million. Yeah. Well, that's why he's Batman now. I don't even know how I feel about that. I I was never a big Batman guy, so, like, I'm not... Oh, I love Batman. <clears throat> I mean, I like Batman. I was just never... Growing up, I was a Marvel kid, not a DC kid. Mm. I got into DC, you know, in the past few years because of, you know, just... Some the, 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 revamped stuff. Yeah, some of the revamped stuff. And I just I, DC, I guess, has a darker tone sometimes, um, which yeah, I, I enjoy. Yeah, uh, they definitely tend to uh, express it a lot mm-hmm. more, yeah. Yeah. for sure, than Marvel. Marvel tries <clears throat> to kind of friendly it up a little bit. They try. Well, they, they Stanley hint. always wants you to like. Feel better, like it was. That was you know. One, I feel like, yeah, he wants you to like be able to relate to these characters, but not be these characters. Yeah. <laughs> and DC's like, no, we want you to pretty much feel feel and, his pain. Yep. When when you know both the Marthas died, <laughs> they uh, and Batman and Superman both, you know, figure out their both mothers' names are Mar- Martha, then you know <laughs> you're gonna feel both their wraths. <laughs> right. It's like. I don't know. Yeah, I, I DC. I've never been too fond of. I, I, Superman was. I couldn't get into Superman as much as everybody else. I, I like Batman and like mm-hmm. Tim Burton's film Batman. Oh Michael yeah, Keaton. That's what got me into Batman. Mm-hmm. I even had Batman bed sheets and Batman curtains. Um, but I didn't get Nerd. into any other. I was four years old. <laughs> I, uh, but I didn't have, I didn't like really get into any other 
DC characters. It was just sure. Batman. Batman was what I knew the most of. I, uh, I didn't get into, like I say, I wasn't a DC kid. I grew up, like, reading X-Men and, uh, like, I like, you know, I wrote, read a lot of the X-Men comics. Um, remember, I wasn't, like, into Spider-Man. Yeah. I was I was very not a fan of Spider Man. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, like I think I had I had various like Mar- Marvel comics through the years, and X Men always seemed to be the big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed X Men any iteration of the X like X Force, X Factor, yeah. all those yep. I was into. Uncanny, yeah, <clears throat> Uncanny X Men. You know, like I say, all the iterations of X Men seemed to be what I dug. You know, I went like. When Wolverine started to spin off, like I got into that. Gambit had his own series for a hot minute. Um, I actually had the first like four issues of like the first Gambit series. Yeah. Like first editions, and then my mom sold them on me. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying about that. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Right. Um, she only knew. Right. <clears throat> actually, the ones I really dug were uh, the 2099s. Like Spider Man twenty ninety nine and like yeah like so and I had like first first prints of like Hulk twenty ninety nine I think I had the first Punisher twenty ninety nine yeah and then I had a long run of the X Men ones the X Men twenty ninety nines were interesting I, I'll have to go back and look at those at some point but I'm right there with you man I was more of an X Men like I think that was my first and in- well there was a team dynamic and like they were always like I loved Wolverine. Yeah, like Wolverine's always been my first and far most favorite character, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until much later, and I mean like maybe ten years ago, that I started getting into Deadpool. Yeah, Um, and Deadpool came out in the nineties. Yeah, that sounds about right. But Wolverine has always been my favorite, and as a kid watching the the X Men cartoon, oh yeah, I think that's what did it. Was I just loved Wolverine? Yeah. He's just that well, aggressive he, brute that just kind of did his own thing. What's so funny, I think, especially about that cartoon, is like wolf. he has such – there's such a like – it's almost like an adult storyline with him and like – like especially in the cartoon when Morph dies and like mm-hmm. him grieving and like – so that like it it's not like super like Child detailed. Friendly. Yeah, but it's definitely not a kid-friendly storyline like – Morph legit die like well to them he dies and Wolverine blames Cyclops and then goes off because he can't handle the fact that his friend is dead. Yeah. And like that's not stuff you put in for kids. Yeah. I mean it was different times too. Yeah, I was gonna say it was there's a lot of things that we grew up mm-hmm. being aware of yeah, and yeah. it's because we're not back then we weren't so desensitized right. as we are now, which is Weird again because then we're overly sensitive. Sensitive, yeah. I, it's it's quite the well. It's mind like we went we went through this weird period where like all of a sudden we thought, oh no, we're showing too much, so we really dialed it back, right? And then when we tried to reintroduce stuff, all of a sudden people can't handle kinda, it. We went to eleven, yeah. <laughs> it's like no man, you don't need to be such a whiny little priss. Yeah, con. Not everything's about you. <laughs> I, I always see this meme or something like that where it's like it's Foghorn Leghorn like putting a bunch of dynamite around the do- like a dog and it's like back in my day we didn't need to know that this was fake like we knew it already like, yeah <laughs> yeah that was I mean it's a cultural thing it's a society thing we've we've talked about that mm-hmm. it's I mean 
if you really want to look at like our parents and look at our grandparents as parents, like yeah, they had harder times, rougher times. Oh sure. But I look at my grandfather and I look at the man and his work ethic. It's uncanny. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, that time period you had to, but it was also coming from pretty much farmers. It also stimulates from factory workers and farmers. Mm-hmm. So you either made things or built things or you you farmed. Yeah. <laughs> so and my grandfather didn't necessarily farm, but he was a he was a tinkerer and so he got into mechanics. Sure. And that's still a That's a heavy labor job. Yeah. And then he started doing other stuff and he went into the Navy. So like I, I just look at my grandfather and I look at his work ethic, I look at his views of the world and I understand that get off my long mentality. <laughs> that old you know, old grouchy motherfucker sitting on the porch yeah. with his iced tea and a sun hat and a shotgun in one hand, a dog in his other, and yelling at the, the punk kids to get off his lawn. I understand why. Mm-hmm. Because sure. they were raised with a sense of respect, for the most part, yeah. with a sense of respect, some common courtesy, mm-hmm. and just overall a, a basic sense of ethical, I guess, rights. Like yeah. knowing what's right and wrong, and knowing that it doesn't take such detailed things. Like you said, knowing that a uh, dynamite around the dog's head, they didn't have to question: is that real? Right. But technology has a lot to do with that too. Simon said it um, has a TED talk that he goes through about millennials, mm-hmm. and it was Simon who I didn't get Simon that. Sinek. Sinek. Okay. Yep. And I have a couple of his books. Super good. Um, I really like him. I like his thinking. And he had a TED Talk that I suggest listening to about millennials. And he pretty much says it's not millennials' faults for the way they are. And I'm like, you know, it's really not. And after he explains it, he pretty much explains exactly why I think the way I think about millennials or the Mm -hmm. the concept. I I hate using that term millennial because technically I'm a millennial. I'm the start of it. Yeah. But I don't even act remotely close to what that generation of today is like 10 years younger than me. Mm, I, I don't sure. act and think at all like these. I think more like the forties, like a conservative person, but, or I can't say a conservative person, but I think more of a harsher time. Well, that's because of the way I was raised. That was mm-hmm. about it. It's the way I was raised. And he essentially says that there's several things that make a millennial that term, Entitlement or whatever they that we we think that they're privileged and entitled, yeah. or they think that they deserve a sense of entitlement. There's many reasons why that that's a thing, and it has nothing to do with them. They're not the ones that are choosing or deciding to be that way. It's the influences around them. It's social culture. It's parenting. It's school system. And he says most for the most part, it's it's technology and the instant gratification that technology brings. Yeah. So they're creating a less attention span because technology is providing a lot easier access to things, and therefore patience isn't learned. It's mm-hmm. not developed as prominently as it was 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Right. Um, and yeah. that's the big one right there is patience. Second, hard work isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah. You know, you can have those hard jobs like construction working and they still got farming, but even farming has exceedingly drastically changed because they have a lot more equipment now to make that easier yeah. so they can get more done because it has to do with 
processing more and putting more out into the world. Mm-hmm. It's it's mass marketing. It's, it's yeah. capitalism. And he says influence. It also has to stem from influence, and that's including you know their friends, their social environment, who they talk to, who they hang out with, who they idolize, and unfortunately with social media, which once again comes down to technology. They're idolizing these other people over a platform that has everybody expressing their emotions and feelings on it. And they're a handful of opportunities to stand out of that saturated crowd. Mm -hmm. And that's what people want now because they go, oh, I can do that without having to be something talented or special or whatever. You know, and that's we've created that societal culture. And that's why you have these kind of impatient millennials as we call them that feel like they're entitled because they go to school and then they go straight into a job if they're lucky if they even do that Mm -hmm. and because we're starting to go to a point there's a pinnacle peak where we don't even need a college degree anymore to get a job that you needed a college degree for that's true and it's starting to go out the window college degrees are almost starting to become obsolete you don't need to go to school for this you know, I there know, are people. Yeah, you can learn there, it online, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there are people coming right out of high school that are now being taught these things that I would have had to go to school for when I was in high school just to make a career out of. They're, they're already learning this stuff naturally through mm. just existing in this kind of modern age, you know, and like computers. Yeah. I guarantee there's 10 year olds that know more about computers than I ever will. Right. <laughs> and I would have had to go to a four year college, IT college, or a MIT kind of thing computer science to know what a 10 year old knows but it's because they're they're raised but then again there's kind of a give and take i know what hard work is i know what patience is i know what these things that kind of went out the window for this modern those new generation and that's kind of what what he was saying was there's this kind of point about a kid going to school for four-year college degree and going to work and then when they don't move up in the ranks or they don't get a raise within you know, the first couple of years there or make a difference in that company, they think they're a failure. And then they, they, they don't have the patience or they, they want to leave or find something else. They don't think that it's a job worth or that's worth anything to them. Yeah. And then you have people who have been there for 10 years working themselves up to the rank that they've been at. You don't have that kind of work ethic or that kind of mental mindset of mm. going, do I deserve this or do I need to earn this? Where's that fine line? Right. And a lot of people just think they deserve this and that they didn't really earn it. And so when they don't reach a manager position in some company within the first year that they're there, they're not doing their job well enough or whatever it is. Right. Or they go, well, why, why not? Well, because Kathy over here has been here for 10 years and she hasn't even reached that point. So pretty much you're saying that you're better than Kathy, who knows this place in and out. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's kind of the – that's that entitlement that you kind of look at. But Simon said it, says it much, much better. <laughs> much better. Professionals tend to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And he he really nailed it on the head with that one because yeah. he pretty much has said what I have thought. But I, I, I couldn't put it into words until I, I, I read – or watched that uh, Hmm. TED talk and I was like God that's exactly it that's exactly how I feel about millennials I don't necessarily think it's their fault but I can't stand them either (laughs) (laughs) it's not really true it's just 
I just don't understand where you get this. You people deserve everything to them or handed to them kind of thing. Like I have a kid, and he's not a bad kid, but I had a kid I was going to school with, and he he had three weeks before the end of the semester, and he was going to switch classes. He was going to drop out of his out of the class because he's failing. He was going to drop out of the class mm-hmm. because he had a D. I guess I don't even know if he was feeling it. He might be just passing, but it wasn't where he wanted to be. He was just going to drop out of class and then switch to a different class so he can get a better grade. And I'm like, that that is not okay, dude. You just wasted like thirteen hundred dollars. And he's like, it's not it's not my money. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? I got so irate about that, and I'm I'm because I'm sitting here busting my ass off making sure I get good grades no matter what classes I have to take because I'm paying for this shit. Yeah. And it's not coming right out of pocket. I'm having to take loans, but I still have to pay that shit back. Yeah. And then he's well, over here saying, oh, I don't have to worry about that. It's not, you know, it's not my problem right now. And I'm like, uh, lazy pod- son of a bitch. podcast I was listening to called uh, Small Town Murder was talking about that, uh, about, you know, people that go back to school end up, like, working harder because they've already been out in the world and they yep. understand that, like, Okay, I get to go back to school. Yep. Like I yeah. don't like. I, it's not like I'm. You know, it's not like you know, young kids were like my parents were making me go to school. Like I get to go back. Yeah. And I, yep. you know, they know that like whatever's out there now is shitty compared to what they could have if they get through this. I. That's how it was for me for sure. Hundred percent. That's, that's probably the difference in the mindsets too. Like. Well, and for sounds me, like kid was like just there. You know. Oh yeah, he was because he was expected to go. He's twenty years old. Yeah. So he pretty much, and he he just graduated this past year and so, got his uh, bachelor's in, um, in the arts program, whatever. The, it's like Kyle Kennedy. You're 21. You're supposed to be an asshole. <laughs> the problem is, you're an asshole without having an actual reason or right yeah. to be an asshole. That's the problem. And I was the same way for the most part. You know, yeah. when I was younger, uh, I mean, a part of me goes, "Well, I kind of deserve." My life wasn't the way I. I grew up in the way I was raised. Most people in their life haven't even experienced close to what, what I had to deal with as sure. a child. Yeah. You know? And so like, I feel like I have some leeway. I have some say mm-hmm. about how life really is. Why? Because I was, I was raised at the bottom in, yeah. in the gutter and we worked our way or my mother especially worked her way to get us out of the gutter. Yeah. And I am, I have a lot of appreciation for that. I don't take things for granted as much because of that reason. I know what it's like to be homeless for as sure. a kid yeah. twice. And then I was homeless when I when I was right out of high school for about two weeks. I had Dude. to live in my car for two weeks Shit. until I could find a place. And that's when I moved in with my ex-girlfriend. But I ain't going to go down that Sounds road. Sounds like a different story. Yep. Nope, <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road. But yeah, I, going back to school as an adult, like I... I went to audio engineering. Yep. That was uh, at least 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds about right. I went to audio engineering. Oh, maybe not quite. Either way. I went to audio engineering at MMI, and that was my first step into wanting to have a further education. Mm-hmm. And obviously I went for music because, like, being a musician, I was like, well, I want. I would love to learn to record and so I can try to record my own music. Sure. I can yeah, kind yeah. of understand a lot more about what recording is and <coughs> all that. And this is way before YouTube mm-hmm. became the 
educational tool that it is now. You can learn everything on YouTube. Oh, shit, yeah. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. It was very limited. And Well, 10 years ago, I think we were still using dial-up. It may have been a thing. Uh, I remember dial-up was around when I was in high school. Or but, DSL, one of the two. Yeah. Which was like dial-up, like light. Yeah, right. Um, I, but I... I was so ecstatic to go back to school, and I took it a little bit more serious than I did high school. And that was five-year difference. I think I was out of school for five years already. So you had to live in the real world for a while. I did, yep. I had to bust my ass. I was like, I just wanted to do something different. I was looking at – because right out of high school, I didn't get the option to go Mm -hmm. to school. Sure. Um, I know I didn't do good on my SATs because I didn't give a fuck because I didn't think I was going to go to college. The reason why I didn't think I was going to go to college is because I didn't have any – that was truly invested in my education Mm -hmm. my parents didn't really care I can't say my mom didn't care she just was in a position that kind of sidetracked her into doing other things that she felt was more of what she should have been doing I guess Um, she's also having to deal with a lot of other things but I didn't have anybody that put a lot of faith or support in me Mm -hmm. to try to go to school college wasn't even an option that was brought up to oh you're going to college nope it wasn't it wasn't like that it was oh well you should go to college yeah that was about it now I don't necessarily agree with going to college right out of high school I do feel like you need to take a couple years and go work your ass off go live in the real world figure out what it is that the world has to offer first Mm -hmm. because there are a couple things that could happen one an opportunity a door could come right your way and that opportunity could set you up for success without having to put yourself in debt or spend all this other money or spend all this other time and you could go somewhere because you found what you need and then there's the other opportunity that goes the other way where you don't get shit and you realize that you've been busting your ass off for barely nothing making ends meet and barely able to get the meat out of that and then you take more appreciation for the education you want which is what happens when you get older yeah you yep. take more appreciation for the education you get. And that's where I think that that should be happening. At the age of 18, I think you should leave your parents' house and be on your own. Right mm-hmm. out of high school. Uh, that happened to me, but it was kind of, I, had, I was forced into that position. Sure. But because of it, it made me be able to support myself and knowing what I needed to do to support myself on my own. Yeah. For a little while, at least. It really taught me those life lessons that kids don't have nowadays Devin is a perfect example my dad had had a fucking kid how to live life as an adult my dad had a joke just that was he would say every now and again be like checkout time is 18 yeah and that was I mean it was a joke obviously and like I've made the joke too but I mean yeah like at that point you definitely have to start like you have to start getting your kids to prepare for what comes after yeah because they can't be you know, it, it's not the school's job to prepare right. them for the real world. It's the school's job to make sure that they can at least get by somewhat in the real world. It's the school's job to give them the tools. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not to prepare them. It's yeah. to give them the tools they need to actually work. Yeah, that's that's a, that's much better. Yep, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, like I went to culinary school like, and they taught me techniques. They didn't teach me 
what it's like in an actual kitchen. They didn't prepare me for mm-hmm. a kitchen. They prepared me to be able to do the work. And then you start working in a bunch of kitchens, you realize that you would have learned all the techniques that oh, you needed God, yes. anyway like, if you would have just worked in yeah, the kitchen the, and worked your way up. And I'll tell anybody that asked me, and I've done it n- numerous times now. Culinary like, school is a waste of time. Not all of them. Some of them are. Uh, like especially Definitely like around in this part, around here where it was like a one year program, it will give you a bit of a leg up in so much like you may have a little more, a little a, a modicum of knowledge more than a guy that's been in the kitchen for five years. Yeah, maybe you knowledge wise, I don't know. But skill wise, I doubt it. Knowledge wise, so that's what I mean. Like just a modicum, like yeah. you might have a tiny bit on a guy that's been in the kitchen five years, but you're not going to have much. I, to be honest, though, every single culinary student that I've ever had to deal with in the kitchen doesn't know shit. That or they have no idea what it's like to actually work in a kitchen, which oh. is the worst part because, like mm-hmm. you're just saying, they don't prepare you to work in a kitchen. Yeah. It's not the same thing. You're not going to get this. Fr- there was a fucking kid at Boulder Tap House that tried to pull that shit on us saying he's like oh i went to you know culinary school i'm in culinary school and he's like oh you you're cutting your shit like this and why don't you do it like this and i'm like what makes your way any better than the way i'm doing it which is a lot right. better than what you're doing yeah kind of thing i'm like don't try to tell me how to cook brother <laughs> like, yeah no I, shit. I know I've what got, i'm doing that's I've why i'm an, making more money than you <laughs> i've got an intern right now who i She's decent, uh, you know, and it, it, it's, she works at like noodles and company, I think is her other job. So, I mean, she's got God, noodles and company. She's got like a quote unquote, a bit of kitchen knowledge, but like there are times where like I see her and I watch what she's doing and it's like, I don't know if you're going to make it. Yeah. Cause she's a, she's too quiet. And like, if she doesn't get her head on straight, she's going to get left behind. Yeah. Cause like I put her on the line a couple times, like, and she keeps up, but like you can tell she's barely keeping up. And if, she, like, if she loses focus for one second, it's probably gone. Like, I'm sitting on the other side of the line on a Friday night, like on the other side of the window, I should say, going, "Hey, you got that down? You got that down? You got that down?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm getting that now." Like that should have been down like three or four minutes ago. Yeah. Like let's let's get it up there. Once again, those are the things that you have to. We talked about valuing yourself like I was talking about like one thing I can knowing your worth and that's one thing that working in the real world before you go to school Mm -hmm. makes that a world of difference it's not just about accepting that um, the the real world sucks and it's hard and you don't want to do this right that is an excellent experience to have Mm -hmm. to know that hey this is the really real world and this can just kick my ass. Yeah. And I'm not sitting on the nest comfort, cozy cushion of my parents anymore. Mm-hmm. I could fucking starve to death or I could be out in the street with no shelter or not have any clothes on my but like and I don't have anywhere to turn. Now I'm one of those guys though that goes I need I, I shouldn't be able to rely on it. It's okay if you have people to rely on, but I shouldn't have anybody to rely on Unless I've totally failed and I don't know what else to do. That's when I can go to those people and go, can you help me out Mm -hmm. in any way possible? But just to go, oh, I failed at something or this isn't working out the way I wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to turn to my parents and expect them to do things for me or bail me out. No, 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 no. I don't deal with that that shit. Like Wesley's going to learn when he gets to that age if it ever happens like that. 
Um, but I was always in that mindset that I only have myself. Essentially, that's all I ever had was just myself. But yeah. because of that mentality that I had, it drove my work ethic up the roof because I could not afford to not have a job, mm-hmm. no matter what it was. And for 90% of my work career up until I, at least I moved up here, I had two jobs. Yeah. I always had two jobs. Um, and actually, it wasn't until I started going to MMI that I had to lose a job so I can go to school. Right. And then that just, I had to situate myself then. But that's also the other thing is you learn your flexibility. Mm-hmm. You learn your strengths, you learn your weaknesses, and you learned how you can bend and mend and limber in between. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that is what creates value. That's what creates what you think you are worth because you know what you've gone through. You know what you can do. You know what your experiences hold it up. But you can't be greedy either because if you can't back that shit up, you're right out the door. Mm-hmm. And there are several people like me who will call that out and go, goodbye. Yep. You, you came in here with an attitude that... You're not meeting. And you're never. You're never irreplaceable. Yeah. So yeah. that's the one thing I, I stress to a lot of people, like that I've worked with, like especially people that have that kind of attitude. Like, dude, you're you're not irreplaceable. Like, yeah. I can find another one just like you. Like, I I tell people all the time, I'm not a babysitter. Like, no. I've often said that working as management basically is babysitting, but I'm not your babysitter. I'm not your dad. Yep. Like, I have a kid. Like, yep. <laughs> And you ain't it. Like, so if you can't do the job, I'll find somebody that can do it. Like, I'm not going to worry about it either. And I am I used to get shit about that when I was managing at Chipotle because I used to want to take in anybody and everybody. There are obviously people who I'm like, no, this is not this is not a job yeah. for you. Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. You will not survive one day here. But there are those people who I wanted to take under my wing, even though everybody else is like, I don't think they're going to fit with us. I don't think they're going to be able to do the job, <clears throat> whatever it is. I'm like, but you don't know until... You have to give someone the benefit of the right. doubt. Unfortunately, Chipotle was like, no, you, you just know if it would if it's going to work out or not. Um, but there have been a couple people I've hired on the spot, and one of them made it up to uh, assistant uh, GM? GM. Nice. And I was like, I hired that guy on the spot. Mm-hmm. I loved his attitude. I vibed with him extremely well, and there was something about him that just said... I think this guy can work out. I, yeah. I, I had faith that I can mold him, and it worked out. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, he lasted longer than I did. <laughs> so, um, and that's the kind of thing. Like you, sometimes you just got to give people a shot. Chipotle was just like, no, no, this person's not going to work out. I'm like, I bet you they would have worked out if you just gave them a shot. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the corporate life. Like, yeah, what. Chipotle was trying to instill though is they want people to fit in with the culture and be able to do the job and I do agree with that but you can always adapt to a culture Yeah, you can't necessarily always uh, develop a skill yeah. I think one of I think one of man's greatest abilities is the adaptive is its ability to adapt yeah. like, that's why in D&D humans are the best across the board because yeah, they get they're adaptable, <laughs> right? Exactly. That's why they get plus ones and a bunch of areas in their oh, yeah. stats. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like all I ever want is a fair sense of work ethic. I want some some balance of workload. 
So if I'm busting my ass off mm-hmm. and I'm the only one busting my ass off, there better be a damn good reason why I'm the only one. Like, I I better be, like, the only person that can do this job right. at that moment or whatever. And if that's the case, why am I the only fucking person here <laughs> that can do this job? Everybody should be able to do this job, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about cross-training. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I move up so quickly in things because I want to learn everything because I need to be able to handle my own. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to make sure I can do the job and that job and this job because if I'm by myself, I shouldn't have to suffer because I didn't know this station. That's or true. Or yeah. if somebody else is lacking because they're not very good, I should be able to help them out while I maintain this job. I yeah. know my limits. I know my value. I know what I'm worth. That's one of the most important things about work. Yeah. People come in with an attitude thinking they deserve this because they don't want and but then they give me this. And I'm like, fuck that man. No. I call you on that shit. <laughs> right. I'm not, no, you've not never about been that. afraid to you've never been afraid to tell people that bullshit too. No. <laughs> nope. Didn't matter what what rank you were. <laughs> right. That's why I'm glad that uh, the military didn't work out for me. <laughs> I would have probably dishonorable discharge. Uh, yeah, I would have probably got my ass kicked several times. But who knows? I could have could have been the best thing in my life too. Yeah, I mean you you're always one that took all the structure. So yeah, because I'm a well, that's kind of my OCD thing though too. It's kind of my personality. I'm I'm a clean guy. Mm-hmm. I, I love things organized. I love things in nice, even stacks and colored coordinated. Yep. I'm I'm a very OCD kind of person. I have to do my dishes a certain. You're way. not OCD. You're just anal retentive. I used to though have that borderline OCD where if I didn't do things in a certain way, I, I would stress about them. True. And if I didn't like, for example, I remember when I was in my own apartment, it was actually when I lived alone that I had the worst. My, my apartment was always immaculate. Mm. And I remember I left like a, a dish out and I tried to go to bed and it just, it ate me. I couldn't sleep because that dish was there dirty and I should have just fucking washed it and put it away. And that's how bad it was. Uh, or when I, I would sit there and stress about like the the smallest little things. Yeah. And it just, uh, it would ruin my day. Meanwhile, on the flip side of the coin, I lived like swamp, swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people can, Kaylee can, I can't. <laughs> I, so when Chelsea and I first started dating, I lived, I had no, had a roommate. He went into the military. So he left me kind of on my own in a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. That was way too big for me. Yeah, and uh, I had a small kitchen, had a dishwasher, but like my sinks were basically filled with soapy water at one point in time, and just had dishes piled in them. And when <laughs> oh, I that's the gross when when I Especially when, when it I was like thicken up whatever that it does when I was home and I needed a dish, I would just take one out of the water, put more soap on it, clean it, rinse it off, use it, and then just put it back in the sink. <laughs> I, I want to reiterate, I had a dishwasher. Oh, my God, you lazy son of a bitch. Yeah, I was terrible. And then, Jeez. like, I had just, I didn't really even have clean laundry. I had two piles of laundry sitting in, like, the middle of the living room. Like, one was, like, really dirty that had to be washed. And the other part was, like, dirty, but I can probably get away with wearing it again. Put a little extra deodorant on yeah. if you had deodorant. It's the old it's <laughs> it's the old Sinbad joke. You got two piles of laundry. Which one's dirty? This one's dirty. This one's funky. Yeah, <laughs> dirty you can wear again. Funky. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I had, had had those exact two piles. God. And one time Chelsea stayed over in my apartment and I had to go to work. She was like, oh, I'll just clean the apartment for him. And so like she did my dishes and I came home and she's like, you will never <laughs> let them get that bad again. I was like, what? She's like, there was shit growing on the bottom of your sink. <laughs> I was like, oh, that bad. Huh? She's like, it was disgusting. There's Don't a, ever do that again. There's a whole other civilization. Yeah. Like, apparently, this I, had dome, a, I didn't know I had a science bowl. experiment in my fucking right? kitchen. <laughs> it was like Atlantis in your yeah. sink. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, yeah, I lived like a, like I say, I lived like Swamp Thing for a long, for a couple, about a couple months. Never. I've never been able to do that. Now, my mother will tell you otherwise, but even if you really want to look back at that, like if you could go back in time and see how messy mm-hmm. I was I was still quite clean yeah like compared to probably anybody else any of my friends as a teenage boy at the age of 10 I got I started getting like deodorant and <laughs> cologne and shit so when I was 13 years old I got my first actual bottle of cologne yeah or aftershave and it was Aspen they still make it yeah yep still make it you can go to Walmart and pick one up right now I think my first one, I think my uncle brought me to get it was, I think it was Dracar Noir. <laughs> it was, it's a raunchy fucking smell now. Um, then my other bottle that I got was Gravity. Once again, they still make it. You can still buy that shit. Go to Walmart, pick it up. Aspen in like a, a green bottle. With yep. Like, with with yeah, a golden un- leaf. Yeah. My yep. uncle had that I think shit. it was technically an aftershave. Um, yeah, like like uh, on, we're yeah. not brisk, brute brute. It's I think it was very similar to brute. Spread. Um, they probably made both, like aftershave and cologne. Be my guess. I mean, I didn't know the difference to be honest. It all seemed. It has to do with probably alcohol versus water content mm-hmm. versus oil versus. I mean, yeah. that's what makes a fine cologne is oil. Not you make a fine cologne. Not well, I would make a fantastic cologne. You got enough smells around this house, Jesus. <laughs> I. Yeah, I mean, I've told you about my ex-roommate, not Devin, uh, before when I, before I moved up here. The roommate I had when I lived in Rockford, his name was Dusty. Um, me and him had a townhome that we, we shared. Actually, it was his townhome. I, I just lived there for like 100 <laughs> bucks a month. And uh, Yeah, but we were good friends, and, and we were both very, very similar. Like, we loved movies, and we loved music, and our, our tastes were very eccentric and eclectic mm-hmm. um we loved everything and anything kind of thing but he's actually the one that got me into the wide range of music i listen to today um yeah. for sure like tech nine i didn't know who tech nine was he introduced me to tech nine hmm. uh right on. he was actually the one who made me listen to Katy perry's um teenage dream album and i freaking loved it <laughs> <laughs> so like there's a lot of music that because of him we used to just sit there we used to you know, smoke a bowl or something or have a 24 case of beer (laughs) and, or both. And we would just sit there and listen to music or we would put on some movies or something like either way. The point that I'm getting at is anytime we had friends over or company over, Mm -hmm. especially if they didn't know who we were, thought we were gay (laughs) because our house was super clean super clean <laughs> and it always smelled great because we were both candle freaks and fragrant freaks <laughs> the only thing is that i was a clone fanatic and he wasn't but he loved uh he used to take bubble baths 
<laughs> he used to take bubble baths. Um, yep, he would get like a beer. He'd put it like a little. Uh, I think he had like a little little TV or something like that. Like a, <laughs> I, I don't know. And then he would sit there and <laughs> take bubble baths. He would unwind. <laughs> um, but. I mean, we're not gay, and but he, we used to play around. That he actually, I said he used to play around. He's like, well, if we were gay, I'd be the bitch. This dude was much bigger than me, <laughs> first of all. So, uh, but he considered himself the more girly of, of <laughs> between us. I was like, whatever. Anyway, yeah, people thought we, we were gay because of our our, our home was immaculately clean <laughs> and organized. Like he was one of those guys that had Tupperware and shit like that, like just a bunch of Tupperware and, and yeah. cups and shit, and he just put them in random cupboards. I went in there, and I organized everything, and he went in there, and he went, I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can find things now. Oh, he's like, he, he's just pulling things out. I was like, where was this? I'm like, it was tucked under behind here. He's like, oh, I have been looking for this thing for like three years now. <laughs> so that was the kind of guy, like, he was super clean and stuff, but he just wasn't... Uh, organized? He wasn't very organized. His room was kind of like a, a bit of a slob. It was probably the one area in our house that was a bit of a slob. Like, same way with you. He had clothes over here and then clothes over here. Yeah. He had like random shit that was everywhere. He was also one of those guys that had no change bucket. He just threw his change wherever. <laughs> so he had like dollar bills and a bunch of quarters and pennies on the floor and I'm just like, dude, get I grew up in a house that was bucket. called common surface money. Like, you, that's free for all. Well, what he would do, which I think is the most bizarre thing because I'm amazed his vacuum cleaner didn't break is every once in a while he'd make sure he cleaned out his vacuum and then he would go and and vacuum up all his coins off the floor he'd pick up all of his bills and then he would (laughs) vacuum up all of his coins and then he would go and cash it in and there'd be like 60 bucks (laughs) Jesus Christ Yep. I swear to God I ever catch Kaylee doing it because she does that shit too she like I find dollar bills and, and shit in her bathroom. I'm like, why is there money on your... I was like, well, it was in my pocket. I'm like, so you just set it here? Why didn't you put it in her little bucket yeah. thing? Or there's... I find money everywhere. <laughs> a bunch of coins in my pocket earlier. I just threw them in your fucking bucket. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. They I were weighing notice. my pockets down. It's like I came upstairs and I was like... Eh. Didn't even notice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Either way. <laughs> I don't even know where we're going with it. I don't even know how that started. Oh, we've it's been a long winding road to this point. Like we've we started on something way different than this. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's how it works for yeah. us. We're this very, is this is the the example episode of how a normal conversation goes with Tim and Aram. Yeah. Yes. It it just starts with one little thing. Usually, so, I feel like it's usually me that I know you have a tendency to push those right kind of buttons that get me going. I'm a nudger. Like I will push the conversation in certain directions and then just let you go off. I'm a listener at heart. So like, I'll just sit there and let you talk. I am glad I don't get angry like Bill Burr or Louis Black. (laughs) I would have probably had a stroke by now if I got as angry about shit as they do. Me, I just go, fuck it. What am I going to do about it? But it my circus, not my monkeys. Right. (laughs) I, I don't know. There's some shit that pisses me off, but because I know I can't do anything about it, I'm not going to stress myself about it. There's shit that pisses me off, and I probably stress about it, but I mean, I, I mean I, I'm at least aware enough to know that, like, eh, 
this isn't really going to do much. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just me tilting at windmills at that point. Yeah. I, I definitely, I'm one of those guys that, well, I don't, that's the reason why I don't watch the news or read the newspaper and all that shit. I just, I, just, I don't, I want to wake up and not hate the world. <laughs> and it's really tough to do that. Yeah. When you pop up on Facebook or pop up on Yahoo Mail or whatever news source or Fox News or turn on the guy just to check out the weather for that yeah. matter. I got cousins that, like, they post political stuff and it's like, dude, like, why? Like, right. and they're, they're just like, they're posting, like, things that are supposed to be funny, but it's like, dude, all you're doing is irritating people. You're just and poking like, the bear. And, like, I get it. Several Like, I... I'm one that plays poke the bear all the time. Like I don't mind needling people. Like yep. that's enjoyable to me. But like at the same time, like I know that there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just uh, sometimes I watch, I see some of the stuff they post. I'm like, God, I'm gonna have to fucking block these guys at some point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't really use Facebook anymore for anything. I mean, I was trying to do it just to. I've kept my Facebook just for that networking purpose because mm-hmm. it's pretty much an easy networking yeah. thing where if I have a video or a YouTube video or these podcasts I put on Facebook or whatever it is, I mean, yeah. it's just a nice way to kind of get an extra couple hundred people and not really have to go out of my way. But do I actually follow people on Facebook? Like, do I pay attention to what people are posting? Oh, fuck no. Because half the time I don't give two fucks what they're saying. What their right. thoughts are this week, what their fads are this week, I don't give a fuck. I honestly, yeah, I like I, I'll scroll through and like it's kind of just a time suck for me. Like I'll scroll through, find stuff that I find funny. Mm. Like there's plenty of stuff like uh, there's chef stuff that like gets posted that's funny or I find interesting. You know, music stuff that gets posted that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, like the only other celebrity I really follow that like I'm actually interested in at this point. Is Patrick Stewart, who's, you know, doing his sonnet a day, which mm-hmm. I think he's writing these sonnets. I don't think he's just reading from a book. I think he writes them. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Because I think he posted one the other day where he was like, I've been working on this one for, like, weeks or something. Or I wrote this one back, whatever. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're writing these? Like, I, I kind of want to go back and, like, listen to all the ones he's read. So See if you can actually piece it together. Find yeah. Me. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, yeah, he's prolific enough. Yeah. I mean, you can't be captain of the Enterprise without writing a couple poems once in a while. That's for sure. <laughs> even Engage. I would say even William Shatner, I'm sure, could probably pull something out of his ass and make it pretty good. Yeah, he's too busy still acting. <laughs> so is... So is Patrick, Patrick Stewart's not... I think he's... Definitely picking his roles. Yeah, I was say, I think Shatner's just acting. I think at this yeah. point, like Patrick Stewart's kind of just can. like Patrick Stewart's kind of just going. Nah, I think I'll do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've always wondered about certain actors that have a long lifestyle. You know, like let's say William Shatner. You know that over the course of their career, mm-hmm. they are worth a lot, or that at least they should be worth a lot. Mm-hmm. But it oh, makes yeah. me go, why are they so desperate all of a sudden? Where'd all this money go? Well, I mean, I, I know the answer. A lot of it's irresponsibility, but yeah, <laughs> they get so much money, they go, oh, fun. Yeah. That looks 
awfully fun, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with that fun. <laughs> yeah, and, but I think so, to some degree, at the same time, I think it's just they just want to work. And like, that's that's entirely different thing. But there are people who get oh yeah yeah. There's definitely like certain ones that just like start getting desperate for whatever right? they can do, or or some of the shit that they'll put themselves through just to make a couple bucks. Or I hate those actors that will charge people for an autograph. Yeah. But why the fuck are you doing if it wasn't for them you wouldn't be where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I think that's why everybody's so in love with Keanu Reeves and I'm one of them. Like the dude is just he tries to be as courteous and um just an all around nice dude. Yeah, like. yeah, he just tries to be the best guy he can be. He tries yeah. to be a good influencer and I don't think he really goes out of his way to um be in the spotlight to influence either, which is even better. Right. Because he's not trying to go, hey, look at what I'm doing. No, he's just being him. He's being as genuine as he could be. Mm-hmm. And that's why they say he's like the world's nicest guy. Yeah. And he's he's living off of like, I think I think they, an article I read a long time ago said that out of like the 100 or 100, $270 million that he's worth, um, I think he lives off of 70 Seventy thousand or eighty thousand dollars. Like he's obviously got like a couple houses. He's got like his Malibu house, I know, and he's got another mm-hmm. house somewhere else. I mean, so he's obviously got things money. that he wants and money. Yeah. But for the most part, I think he lives a very average life. He yeah. still takes the subway or he rides his motorcycles, and yeah. um, they're not like these. He doesn't drive span, you know fancy sport cars or anything. Yeah, probably doesn't need to own them if he's in those movies that he's and where he can drive them anyway. Um, right, that's valid, but. Yeah, 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 I think he, he like, lives off of this, well, like, didn't a, he give, like, all the money he made off of one of the Matrix movies to, like, all the, all the, like, extras and behind-the-scenes guys? I think he did that. Like, he gave, he gave, like, all the money he made off of one of them. At maybe. Least, uh, I it, think to the crew. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't surprise me. I know that right around he was, the time I heard he was, that at least. Right around the time he was doing the Matrix, I think either his sister died or his girlfriend had lost a child. There was I thought a, the girlfriend died. I thought the girlfriend or wife died, like, with the kid. Maybe. I, I don't remember the situation, but I know his Guys sister died. so much bad shit happened to him, yeah, too. Like. And it was pretty much in that, right around that area in the 90s or whatever. And I think, I think that's what made him so down to earth, is because mm-hmm. he realized that things can be taken away. Yeah. Um, especially the things that he cared about the most. And so I think that I know he did that for his sister where, who had cancer or something like that. Yeah. He started up a a cancer fund and I know he put a lot of the money that he made from the matrix into that fund and he didn't use his name because he didn't want people to donate because his name was attached to it or he didn't want people to give, get the wrong idea about why he did this. He did this because it was important to him. He didn't want people giving him money. He wanted them giving the foundation the money. Yeah, he just... Charity the or, money. or for the right reasons, not just yeah. because it's calories. Oh, well, let's right. put money. That's what I mean, no, like he giving wanted him to make, money. Yeah, yeah, he wanted it to be for the right reason. He yeah, wanted to be... For sure. And that... I mean, yeah. <laughs> why not? It's, yeah. It's pretty much the... I don't think you can discredit that kind of... Uh, humble act yeah. at all, like, and I, I feel if like he's a Buddhist. You have to look that one up. Hey, yeah. 
wouldn't surprise me. I've, but well, I've been reading about Buddhism lately, and they, the, some of that stuff, like... The problem is there aren't really a lot of true Buddhists, because Buddhism has a lot of things that... Well, you can't... I think the point of being a Buddhist is striving to something. Like, I don't, the very few people achieve true Buddha, like being a true Buddha. Well, because the whole point about that is the search of enlightenment, but there is no true enlightenment. Like, the the whole journey is the whole point of what that, that, that strive to be. No, what, what I've been reading is that, you know, the, the point of Buddhism is to know, like, that basically to end what they call suffering, which is mm-hmm. like your earthly desires, and once you achieve enlightenment and you end, you're actually able to like stop suffering and end those things, like you move out of like the cycle of reincarnation and karma and mm-hmm. everything. Like you basically become a Buddha who doesn't die and end up getting reincarnated. You just sh- shift like the positive influence forward. I think. But once again. There isn't very many. There's only like I think maybe one or two true temples and, and monks mm-hmm. that truly follow the rules right. <laughs> of Buddhism, and that's what I'm getting at. Is that's why California seems to ruin a lot, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where you get that. I guess what I would call that West Coast Buddhist yeah. mentality. It technically, it's just the American. Yeah. Kind of take it's, We said it before We're cherry pickers We just take what we want And then we do oh, what we God, want yes. with it And then we try to say That's true <laughs> That's exactly. a fact But um, I, The idea of what a lot of Buddhism has to, uh, to present itself about I think mm-hmm. Amazing It's the way that But I, I also feel like That's just kind of common sense Just mm-hmm. It's just no different than uh, what Christianity is supposed to have their 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 moral stories and their moral um you know whatever you want to call it kind of it's just common sense don't do stupid shit don't be mean to people don't kill people don't rob people don't do these things right it's common ethical stuff right there just have some integrity and have some morals and you'll get along just fine with just about anybody but we can't have that people are greedy people are selfish that's very true People want what they want, and they don't want to have to wait for it, or they don't want to. Hell, they don't even want to have to earn it anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I'm dicking around with. I'm dicking around with Buddhism right now. I've got a book on Taoism as well. I'm probably going to look into. I don't know. Trying to find something to kind of center myself. I guess would be the right way to put it. Yeah. Well, I think we. It's not a bad thing. Western like, religions is not for me. Like, organized religion is really just not for me. Like, no. you know, it's, I think Mark Maron said it the best. He's like, he's like, I, I don't have religion because I wasn't raised with it. And he said, you know, I, he's like, I'm a good consumer because <laughs> there's no denying that the void exists. Right. Like, so, I mean, I, f- I feel that on some level. Like, well, that's what I think is interesting about like Christianity is they try to sell you on that um the unknown thing yeah. right like we talked about that before like they try to sell you on this don't you want to know that there's something else and then you have 
you know, like Hinduism and Buddhism and whatever multiple other religions out there who have just a different spin on that, but they're not trying to sell you. You have to earn it. (laughs) That's the difference. You strive and this is what you achieve. Yeah. And that, that's the crazy, like, especially like with being reincarnated, you don't, to make more positive, like you're saying more of a positive kind of a positive karma out there or whatever in the universe, Mm -hmm. when you get reincarnated, what you've done in your life will determine on what you're going to be like. Well, in Buddhism, like in Buddhism, basically like because of your suffering, you're always in that cycle of reincarnation because you're basically, you're always suffering. Like your desires and everything cause you to be reincarnated because you're never satisfied. But there's always that they're not trying to sell you. Right. It's you need to earn it. Like this is. And then yeah. you have Christianity or I should say the the modern fancy religions. Yeah. That have only been around for 2000 years <laughs> um, that try to sell you on the afterlife, on the internal damnation. Right. Sayings like. You know, I, I don't know. It's it, it's a different set of it's a different reward system that relies. The Western religion seems to rely more heavily on negative reinforcement. Like it, yep. it's more the fear, the fear of tactic. what happens yep. when you die, as opposed to what could happen if you strive, like to live. Yeah, to live properly. Like yeah. you know. Eastern, like I call it Eastern philosophy, because I, I don't think they really prescribe to being a religion. No, um, no, like, I, I think it's a good way of labeling yeah. it. I think it um, makes like sense. They they just say strive to reach this point, mm-hmm. you know, and then like you, and like in Buddhism, like you you're basically you're being reincarnated, like so you always have the option to go f- to try more, mm-hmm. like until you reach that point. But like, I think that you know, whereas Western religion, like if you if you fuck up. Like you, you then you're going to hell. Yeah. Or if you're a good boy, which once again, I think that's the contradiction I have, and that's right right away. That's the problem I have with a lot of Christian Mm -hmm. people, or a lot of Christian religion in general. Is I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you have faith or any of that stuff. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Makes you happy. That's all that matters. But don't come spreading it on me. Yeah. And these are the reasons why. You consistently say God can judge you and God's the only one that can judge you, but all you do is judge everybody. And it's not your place to judge. Mm -hmm. It's God's place to judge. So where is that? Where not that kind of like, I don't think it's a sin, but isn't that kind of like bringing you down a peg on your own religion by you judging others? That's kind of immorally wrong. And yet... Well, we would argue there's probably some argument to be made about them that being bearing false witness or, you know, yeah. worshiping a false idol, like thinking that you're good enough to to judge others when it's really judge, God is the one that right? should be able to judge. But what, there's some argument to be made, at least, for that. Yeah, but, you know what? And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know enough about the, yeah, me the either, religion like I, because I, I honestly haven't spent my time in church or studying to really have a hundred percent of a argument made, yeah. made. The only thing I can honestly say is my experiences with people and that that culture. Sure. I've had plenty of it. I've been in the belly of the beast uh, for the most part. I wasn't raised that way, but I was surrounded by it. <laughs> All kinds of it. Oh sure. The only thing I didn't have a lot of influence on 
was, um, I guess, Judaism. I, I didn't, ha- I didn't know like yeah, any, I, any, any Jewish people. I, I know very, very, very little about Judaism. Yeah. Same with the Muslim faith. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Same, same there. I yeah. couldn't tell you very much about it. Like, you know, I didn't like, I had, you know, I've, gone to Lutheran church. I've gone to Methodist church. I've gone to Baptist church. I've mm-hmm. even been to a couple Catholic masses mm-hmm. and the uppity downs and the uppity downs. Um, which, I, which they, ones are those that, that let's stand and then I'll kneel and then sit. Now let's stand again and then kneel and then sit. I think that's a Catholic mass. I just yeah, don't know. I if feel like, or, I don't know both, if that's an Orthodox Catholic or not. Yeah, I can't remember. There's a there's a clean comedian that I, I have somewhere floating around here that came to my high school. Oh yeah. And uh he's pretty good and that's something that he makes a joke about. <laughs> he's just like, God, yeah, he's standing and sitting and standing and sitting and Yeah. I, and next thing you know, you're gonna tell me to put one right right one arm in, in and pull it out and <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I guess for me, it just makes the most sense. Like I say, I'm on the same page as Mark Marin. Like, there's no denying that the void exists. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess I've always kind of been jealous of those people that have faith because I've never actually been able to like really have it. Mm-hmm. Um, Question is why? Well, I mean, I, I tried what? when I was younger. I tried when I was a child. Um, especially when my mom got sick, I got. I I prayed pretty hard around that time, and well, mom ended up dying anyway. So I kind of just went, well, I guess that's really out the window. Um, I mean, it makes sense when things happen and people turn. I mean, that's I think a lot mm-hmm. of people that turn to faith. There's two types of people I had a, a run in with most, and that is people who have found faith because something in their life turned them into it, like mm-hmm. some tragic, you know, tragic thing. Yeah. Some, Whatever it is that happened in their life, the Jesus bad. moment. Yep, they they end up turning into it, and it's become like their savior. All for that people. Whatever it did to turn their life around yeah. to make it better, that's good for you. That's all that matters. Yeah. And then yeah. you have those who were raised in it. They don't know any better, right. and those are the ones I stay away from because you don't know any better. That mm-hmm. person who chose, who found faith, is different than being born into faith. Mm-hmm. You were forced into this thing, and you pretty much just believe it because that's what. All you know, that is, it's brainwashing, yeah. compared to finding it on your own and going, this is what I've been missing. This is what I've needed in my life. Yeah, to make it whole. Oh yeah, I, uh, I remember my, some one of my friends in high school talking about going to Catholic school and then being, what's the term, uh, confirmed. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, oh yeah, I'm like. You know, my I was forced to go to church up until then, and then after that, it was kind of my choice. And I remember talking to my dad about that, and I was like, you know, that just sounds ridiculous. He's like, well, that sounds like good parenting to me. I was like, no, I mean, that seems like indoctrination. Like, I was at that point, I didn't use the term, but I mean, that sounds like indoctrination, is what mm-hmm. that sounds like. Like, you can't force it on someone that young. Like, you're going to get one of two things. You're either going to get a brainwashed, you know, soldier, or you're going to get someone who is outright defiant over it. You're not going to get a convert. Yep. I, but don't get me wrong. Church, some churches out there and religion has its excellent qualities for oh. younger people. Oh, especially yeah. when it comes to morality. The, what is it? 
you know, when I mean, it's tempered properly, yes. But when it, you're consistently applying it onto them, going, "This is what this is," yeah. Don't question anything else, kind of thing. That's brainwashing. Yeah. From from the womb to grown adult, that's brainwashing. From the womb to the tomb. Mm-hmm. Like I don't give a shit who you are. Mm-hmm. That's that's brainwashing because you're not allowing that person or that child to truly have faith. You've just instilled it in them. Yeah. And to me, you're setting them up for failure because you didn't save their soul. If you're going to go on that whole belief that you, you know, you need to follow Jesus and believe in God to mm-hmm. save your soul from damnation, you've damned them because they haven't found Jesus. It was already instilled in them, which means that their belief in Jesus isn't going to be as pure as those who find Jesus. In my mind, I know yeah, it's very can, opinionated, I, and I 100% I can see that. I mean, I, that. I, being, so, I don't know, I guess I could see arguments that could be made for that, or like against it, I yeah. should say, but I do really see your point. I'm sure there are plenty of arguments, yeah. but unfortunately, the way that I look at it is, how can you say otherwise? Yeah. They don't know any difference. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, for example. I would agree with you. If I was saying, born I, without a hand, mm-hmm. and then I was given a prosthetic arm that literally makes me and my mind believe I actually have a hand now, you bet your ass that that hand is going to be more valued and more accepted Mm -hmm. into my heart, into my being, that I have a hand now that I have never had in 30-something years than it would be if I was born with a hand and it got taken off because I already know what that hand was like. Mm -hmm. Now it's gone. I miss that hand. Yeah. Sure, I miss that hand. But I've already had that experience. So when you're dealing with something who doesn't have any other choice, that's all they know, they don't know the true essence or the true power that something of religion types should bring to, like I said, those who find it. Because then they know that was it. That was like destiny kind of thing. I've always been very against the idea of like... Making Liam go to church and so like if it's one of those things that he comes to and like says, well, this is what I want to do. I'm like, okay, yeah, but that's fine. Like you can make that decision for yourself. Like yeah. I'm not going to force it. Chelsea and I had discussion like about that for a while because it was like I'm not I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to like you know go out of my way to like make it something that he's around. Yeah, like if he finds it on his own and he wants to believe, he decides to believe. More power to him. You know, like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same way. Like, if I'm confident enough as a human being to be able to raise my child with the moral views, proper moral views and ethical integrity that a lot of the religions and churches try to instill in that already without having to bring him to church and bring God into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I am that person. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I'm already living a very integral life. But yeah. if he wants to learn more about any religion, for that matter, yeah. it doesn't matter what oh, religion yeah. it is. If he starts asking questions, I will try to answer with what I do know. And I will be 100% honest with him saying, this is just what I know. This is just my thoughts. This is my opinions. Mm-hmm. These are my whatever, my views on it. But I'm the same way about fact checking things Mm -hmm. you got to go to multiple sources before you can say that is correct and when you do even three different sources of fact checking 
you can kind of connect the dots and go, okay, this and this say very similar things. These tend to be closer. And then you go, well, why is it? Is it the sources? Well, these are both from Fox News. Well, I don't know if I can believe that then. Right. You know, it's favored on one side, but they're all from separate entities. And maybe I can kind of have my own opinion about these when I learn the whole big picture. Once again, if he wants to learn more about God and Jesus or he wants to go to church or whatever it is, I will take him and he will learn from somebody who knows more about that stuff than I do. The difference is he's not going to just blindly be accepting any of these things. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to take them to that thing, we was like, all right, well, now let's let's take a look at the other religions out there. Let's culture you up. We're not just going to narrow, you know, keep that narrow-minded path going. We're going to open that window, and you're going to be able to breathe. Because yeah. if you're going to learn one one religion, you better be informed about what else is out there. That seems fair. I mean, and if he chooses to be a Christian, a Catholic, a Lutheran, a Jew, whatever it is that he wants to, that is his choice. I will support him. Mm-hmm. No matter yeah, what I definitely. feel like or what I think, it's just the same way. If he if he turns out to be gay, yep, I love my child. Obviously, I want grandchildren, you know, like anybody else. But it doesn't mean that he can't adopt. Yeah, oh, and it doesn't sure. mean that he can't impregnate or inseminate to have actual bloodline. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't mean that we have to stop at one child either. Right. You know. Oh, yeah. But I don't care if he's going to be gay, transgender, or whatever. I love my kid, and I will always love my kid. I mean, that's yep, and that's all that matters. And the, the moment I want for my child, the moment he's not happy, and he doesn't know what to do about it, is the moment I'll step in. Yep, because the whole point—I don't care what it is that his issue is—is is to make sure that he's happy. Yeah, and obviously, those are going to be some challenges way down the road. Right. Hopefully, at least. <laughs> hopefully. Because if they start any sooner than, you know, as a younger adult or as a younger child, like, that's going to be quite the learning curve, not even on my end, just my end, but on him. And and that's going to open up a whole whole realm of, of things that I'm not really prepared for, but I will have to be. Yeah. But if it happens, it happens. I It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As right. long as he doesn't go around killing people, because then I might have something to say. <laughs> See, was it uh, Bill Burt talking about children? Like, yeah, put that down. Don't touch that. Don't be a psycho. Right. I mean, I guarantee that till the day that Jeffrey Dahmer died, I guarantee his mother and his father still loved him. They probably didn't want to accept him anymore. But wow. They probably yeah. still loved him. And somewhere in, in their heart, oh, unconditional apparent. love doesn't go away. Yeah. That's why it's called unconditional. Yeah, exactly. Like, but... Doesn't mean that yeah, I'm was, gonna, they obviously understood that he had problems yes, at some point. Yep. And if I start seeing him strangling a cat, well, we're gonna go to therapy right away. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna show up at someone's door, and be like you need to help him, right? Because I just, can't. You just strangled the cat. I don't know what to do. This is out of my territory. Do I cut his hands off? I don't know. You just strangled. I've got to go deal with the cat now. Right. <laughs> That's gonna cost more for his therapy than my child's. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I. I don't. Know, that's. It's my views. Like, I, I love my kid, and I'm yeah, I, as far as I know, I'm always going to have that unconditional love. As far as I know, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth because I can only hope. <laughs> right. I say that right now, but what if it actually happens? Yeah. Where I I don't know. Ten years down the road, 
Chelsea's, I don't love my child anymore. What if Chelsea, that happened? That'd be horrible. I'd be a horrible. I would have to lock myself up in a mountain somewhere. Chelsea and I have had the discussion because she expressed a worry that when we talked about having another child, she was like, what if I like him? What if I like the new one more than him? And she, I was like, that's not, I don't think that's a thing. Like, like I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that's a thing. You, you don't have that choice. Right, you don't he, you don't get to do that. He, a, he's the firstborn. He's going to have a special spot anyway. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, and, but yeah, I mean, I I get the idea. Like, you know, worrying about, you know, what if I like this one more? It's like I don't think we're going to like it more. First think, of all, it's it's common. Yeah, it's not a, a uncommon thing. I, I've I've been around large enough families, and there's always been a favorite, <laughs> and uh, there's always been favorites for multiple reasons i think too which yeah you know i don't know i i had some friends in high school that they had four brothers all four tall lanky fuckers they're all like basketball players and stuff and two of them were twins or at least they looked an awful light a lot like um <laughs> but the parents were almost harder on the other two than they were the twins but the dad always said that he favored the youngest one because they used to go do like go fishing a lot more or go do mm-hmm. because they they interacted a lot more sure but they were always harder on the the other two and the twins kind of got away with murder practically mm-hmm. and i think it's maybe because the mother probably found that those those two were her favorites because <laughs> they were the same kind of thing Whatever it was, I, I always felt that there was something odd about the way that their parents interacted with these four kids. Um, that sounds like a strange dynamic. I went to school with the two two twins. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, they're twins. I don't really remember. They looked exactly like they were both in the same grade, so they had to have been twins. Um, but they could have been a year apart. Who knows? And then just in the same grade. I, I, I don't remember. Seems like a pretty close. Eh, yeah. I guess it's not impossible, but... But I I didn't hang out with them a whole ton, like as a whole family. I used to go over to their house every once in a while and stuff. Um, but I remember the one time I went over there, the younger kid wasn't there because they were on a fishing trip with Dad. And I remember that I was like, oh, why don't you all go? And he's like, oh, it's Dad's favorite. <laughs> they just blatantly said it was Dad's favorite. And then um, I remember the older brother was like, I don't remember what was going on. I just remember him being in the house at one point and just throwing a tantrum, I guess, like <laughs> just getting pissy about, uh, about like mom favoring the two twins and they were sitting right there or something. Right. Yeah, not really favoring. I don't really remember what it was that he was complaining about. He just kept saying, he's like, well, you let them do this and let them do this and whatever. And he, so I'm sure he just felt like whatever it was, it wasn't fair. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Well, yeah, the argument can be made. That's two against one. That's well, bad odds. That's true. I've always wondered about that to myself. Like, oh, we have like four kids. Am I going to love one more than the other? I'm like, well, Wesley's the firstborn, so and I like him a lot already. So, right, he might be my favorite. I, <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? I don't. You know, I'm I'm right on the same boat. Like, I'd pretty, I'd love to be able to say that I wouldn't have a favorite, but. Until it I happens, the, you don't know. I was like, yeah, there's that possibility. There's always one that, like, if I had multiple kids, that I might gravitate towards one more than I do the others. Yep. Um, and that's just a personality thing. Like, yeah. you know, you, they just might have that kind of personality that, like, yep. I attune to a little bit better, but. Yeah. No, who knows? You don't know until it happens. Yep. 
that's that's the way I look at it. And I'm not going to sit and try to think about it too much. It's just like death. That's the reason why I don't I don't try. I try my best to not concern myself about thinking about death so much. Now, not in like the philosophical or existential kind of like educational type way. I think about that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think about my true mortality or I, I think about if I walk out in the street, you know, I can get hit by a car. So why am I even driving kind of yeah. thinking? Because then I would just create anxiety that I don't need in my life. So, and that is what I, I consistently do, which is why I think that I know I have anxiety issues, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I handle them like a fucking champ <laughs> by just keeping my mind on certain things that go, why I don't need to think it this way. Yeah. I but mean, yeah. when when I do get, I am one of those guys that have trouble dealing with my emotions, though. And that's why I don't like to be so emotional. Uh, when things happen, like heartbreaks, always been the hardest thing for me. Oh, I noticed. Yeah, and so over like, the years, I've I've seen you during right. heartbreak, and it's and it's I don't know how to handle it. Like mm-hmm. my emotions overtake and get way way out of control and get the best of me. More You're than very I can out handle. of sorts when you're heartbroken. Yeah, like you, oh, I am. It's mind-boggling to see sometimes. And the trouble I've always had with that is, like, I can't stop. I know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I know it. Like, logically, I know it. But my brain will not shut up and listen to my rational side and my logical side. Mm -hmm. Even in the midst of all this crying or whining or moping and around, I know. And I consistently talk about and tell myself what I need to do. But it's just not happening. My mind is just like, nope, this is what I'm going to feel right now. I'm going to do all this to you, you fucker. Yep. Deal with it. Suffer. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is wait till it goes away. But sometimes it just takes so long. Yeah. <laughs> so Sometimes you got to let it bleed for a while. Yeah. You know, I've always said, uh, I mean, there's that saying that all wounds heal in time. Mm-hmm. And I've always agreed with that. All wounds heal in time. But what they don't tell you is time's never on your side. Right. All wounds heal in time, but they form scabs and shit first. They do. They do. And scabs can break open, can get torn off. Yep. Even They're still tender. Even scars. Yep. Scars never go away, and they, they always hold a, even nerving, like nerves and stuff, yep. always have a little more sensitivity to a lot of scars. Yeah. My um, scar on my side from my surgery is still tender fucking yep. 10 years later. Yeah. It's, so yeah, no, it's. It's a it's a tough thing for me to deal with. I think that's mm-hmm. why I turn to alcohol um, a lot. Because, that makes it sound healthy. <laughs> well, I started drinking to help sleep. Again, I sounds was, like a healthy thing. I was thing. 20. Well, okay, I can't say I started drinking. I was depressed in high school, and that's when I started drinking. But I drank that, like, Bacardi Silver O shit, those fruity Oh, yeah, I, that cocktails. was the first thing I ever got really drunk on. Yep, but it was because it was uh, like 5% alcohol, mm-hmm. and it went down really easily. Yeah, it's like drinking really fizzy Kool-Aid. Yep, the problem is, is it comes back up, and it's not as good. <laughs> I It didn't they, come back up for me the first time I drank them, but it came out awful. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I threw up in the first time. I, I but I, I threw up out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, other than that, I started drinking just because it wasn't, for any other reason than um, to keep me busy, I guess. Like, I'd go to parties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I did all my college partying in high school. I and, at Chelsea. And then I kind of got into college, and I don't want to do that anymore. And I, then I started getting my adult bar ten, like, 
staying at the bars and stuff. Yeah. Kind of mentality. Not going downtown and clubbing. No, no, no. I mean, like, my socializing at bars. I turned into, like, a cheers guy at the age of 20. <laughs> You're norm. You turned into norm? Yes, I did. Yep. Damn! Yep. No, it's, it's exactly what it was. That's When I was down at Joe Sensor's and I would drink, I'd get off work, and then I would have, like, two or three beers because I at least had a couple of them uh, free for yeah. working there. And then I almost always had a free drink too. Like somebody always buy me a drink or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings and that's exactly, Oh, Tim is like, and then free beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I very seldom, if I had to buy a drink almost every mm-hmm. night, I would probably spend maybe six to eight bucks a night on oh. beers. And I would probably put away uh, like a 12 case a night at the <laughs> time, at that time. And then drive home 30 miles. <laughs> I don't condone it. I don't. I, I was a stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid man. I'm more of an adult now, and I know that was wrong. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, it only took once, and that will never happen again. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I, I did all my college partying when I was in high school, and I did all my bar socializing, cheers type of stuff when I was sure. in my 20s. And then... I moved up here and I started working at Boulder and then Big Mike, he's the one that took me over to friends a lot mm. or Hillary or whatever. And usually I just spent my time drinking at the bar. Friends is a haunt for a lot of, a lot of like hospitality, hospitality people, especially the ones that don't work downtown. Yeah. Like people from Boulder, probably Grizzlies yep. and shit like that. Well, all kind of go over there. Uh, Justin, I worked with Justin who owned friends, um, at Green Mill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was partners with some other people, but um, I can't remember who it was. But yeah, I, we we've had several conversations about <laughs> about being over there at Boulder, and so he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I remember, I remember people coming over from Boulder." He's like, "I guarantee, you I remember you." And I was like, "Well, if it makes you, if you really want to remember, I was the one that told you guys to get ninety shilling in bottles, and then I would drink them." He's like, you're the fucking guy. <laughs> he's like, that shit was expensive, and I'm like, but it got drank, didn't it? And he's like, that's true, it did. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, I had some good times, but it wasn't until I think I mainly did it just to pass the time. I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't have a girlfriend. I wasn't wasn't really seeing anybody that kept my attention, and I just had to preoccupy myself. That's yeah. the kitchen life too. You don't really have a life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you work odd hours, so you don't really get a whole lot of social time. Yep. Yeah, well, I didn't like the sun. Besides people that you fucking see. Yep. I didn't like the sun back then. <laughs> it burns yeah. us. Yep. Now I still have a love-hate relationship with the sun. That's uh, just because you're pale. Well, not all of us can be olive green all the time, Aram. It doesn't run in my blood. I'm Work a lot it. of Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah, I don't have... Was it Armenian? Romanian? Mm-hmm. Armenian? Yeah. Armenian. One of those Anians. <laughs> <laughs> I know that your name is the mountains. Which is why you yeah. have your, your mountain tattoo. Yep. I remember that story. It was like, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's derived, yeah. My name is derived from Mount Ararat, which is the mountain the Ark landed on in the Bible. And Aram's actually the first na- the first uh, Armenian king. Yeah. Was it? So it's a pretty common name over in that country. But it's... The only thing that my mother liked about Armenian culture. <laughs> yeah. She, read a a book, 
She read a book called, or, or my dad showed her a book called "Hello, My Name Is Aram" by. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a, about a little boy and his family growing up in like I don't know, like the thirties or forties. Mm-hmm. I, I remember my dad got it. I got it from the school library one time. Brought it home. My dad thought it was so cool, and he was starting to read it to my little sister, who was like five or six at the time. And like he got to a part where like one of the uncles basically just like backhands his wife. <laughs> And my dad, like, stopped dead. I was like, like, what? What? <laughs> and uh, I actually have a copy of the book at home. Yeah? Um, we found it at Books You Visited, like, last year or something like that. Did you ever read it yet? I've read parts of it. I've yeah. never read the full thing. It's boring? It, it's a, yeah, it's it's a tale about a boy growing up with his family. Like, I don't know if there's anything truly remarkable about it. It's just called it. life. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing that right now. Exactly. But, uh, but, yeah, that was the only thing my mom really liked about Armenian culture when came around and so she was willing to name me that so hey i thought it was kind of a unique name yeah over here it is so but i know nothing about that culture whatsoever i couldn't even find it on a map unless i well, it's right next to turkey well, um which is why turkey tried to wipe us off the map um it was also uh, the other piece shoot. of info i'll give you is it was the smallest of the 15 soviet states yeah. So when the USSR was a thing, like Armenia was part of the USSR. Okay. I mean, if you got wiped out, maybe you shouldn't have let it happen. Well, and, and this is other stuff that I will tell people. Like, as far as I can tell, the most well-known story about the Armenians is called The, the Seven Days of Musada, which is a story about how we hid in the mountains for a week <laughs> while the... <laughs> while the Turks were trying to wipe us out. So we're not a well-known fighting country. That's funny. I uh, when I was in college up at Moorhead, um, my uh, one of the guys on my floor was very into martial arts, so he got martial arts books and stuff like that. And they had ads for other books on the back of the book. So one day he calls down the hall and look for me, and I come trotting up. I'm like, "What's going on?" And he shows me this book, and it's advertising, advertising on the back saying, "Oh, if you get this book, you'll learn certain techniques like." the Armenian death kick <laughs> and he looks at me he's like you have to show me the Armenian death kick <laughs> and I made some weird move that looked like I was trying to kick myself in the head and I, t- I told him I was like you gotta understand like this isn't that's not a thing like and I explained to him about the book like we're not fighters like right. we're good hiders like Ar- Armenian death kick you punch the donkey in his balls and he Kicks the guy behind him. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, that's that's ridiculous. So that that's, was that's one of my favorite stories to tell. Is him yelling for me and going, "You have to show me the Armenian death kick." And I was like, "What?" Christ, that's that's ridiculous. That's funny though. Yeah, I was. I mean, the, I hung out with a weird crew of people in in uh, college. By the way, I'll plug uh, my buddy's uh, podcast. He his name is Marlon. Him and another stand-up comic that both live in Fargo, North Dakota, have their own podcast called America's Barley Basket. Uh, Basically, the premise is that he and his friend Nathan have never seen The Simpsons. And so at this point... Which is so hard to believe, too. It is. Uh, Well, and they give... In the first episode, they give the backstory of, like, they basically both grew up in very rural North Dakota. So they didn't have Fox. Um, But it's very funny stuff. Uh, So they go, basically, each episode, they've watched a few episodes and they talk about it. Very funny stuff. If you get a chance, listen to it wherever you can. Um, I'm sure it's it's streaming anywhere we are. So yeah. take this. Do it. America's Barley Basket. I think they release every Tuesday or something like that. I should give it a listen. 
Yeah, it's worth it. You know what we should do? What's that? We should listen to it, and then we should criticize them on the <laughs> on our podcast, and then send it to them. And maybe well, we can they, get this podcast feud going. They, they're going to blow us out of the water. They're professional comedians. That's great. I like that. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to be roasted. <laughs> Preferably on an open spit, but hey. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the wrong country for that. We're not far from it, though. That's true. That's very true. Well, I would say we should wrap it up. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, once again, today was just kind of a free balling, free discussion. We didn't really have anything. Well, I had plenty prepared, but somebody dropped the ball. Bitch, bitch, bitch. (laughs) So maybe maybe next time he'll get his shit together. Maybe. You never can tell with me. It's true. So, yeah, this is uh, Timothy Bennett. This is Aaron Banyan. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Later.